Here we are. It's bonus pod time. Welcome to the I Get Buckets podcast. I'm your host, as always. It's Simon Harricks. And we're coming back with a quick bonus edition uh, podcast for our fantasy reviews. Uh, exciting, important, and fun element to what we used to do when we wrote the, the reviews back in the day. If you can cast your mind to before when podcasts were a real thing, it was only a few people tolling away. The Iger Buckets was up, but we weren't doing it as much as we are right now. And I think a fun thing is to always go through all 10 teams that we've got here and for me to cast my mind to the best, worst um, picks of the team and then a wild card and a sleeper pick. Um, to give a little bit of context before we go through around some of the picks, um, obviously the best and the worst pick uh, are a little bit self-explanatory, but it is in the context of your team. Sometimes... If your player is a really good one, but you've drafted them where I thought they were supposed to go, um, it doesn't really feel like the best. It's it's out of all of them, the one that I think stands out to me as a really either smart or important decision or, or one where you've kind of either bucked the trend or, or, or had someone kind of fall into you. And sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to kind of grab one out of, of all your team if you've been consistent, but um, it'd be the best or most interesting kind of a player that I'm going to pick out. And the worst one, um, sometimes it's just straight up ones that I think are, are a bit rough. But sometimes, again, if you've drafted well, it doesn't really necessarily mean I think it's going to be horrible. I just think in the context of your whole team, that's the one that may worry me a little bit or, or stands out as, as someone that you might have reached for um, in the context of where you've taken them for everyone else. Um in terms of the wild card, I think that's the player that has the most, you know, variance of importance for you and a player that I've kind of honed in on that um, whether they're good or bad, you know, really is a, a big thing to the, the success or failure of, of your team over the course of the season and, and someone that if they pop kind of really brings a, a new dimension and importance to to you getting yourself up the standings. And the sleeper is, is one that, I'll try to look at more on the back end, kind of your um, round eight or nine onwards that I think can really potentially outperform um, the position that you drafted them in. So I think it's a, it's a fun thing. We're going to go through them relatively quickly, I think, um, and upload, and then we can have it all sitting in ourselves with one sleep to go until NBA basketball, 10.30 a.m. tomorrow Bucks versus Nets. It's going to be a good one. I hope everyone's locking in their teams as well. I know myself included, there's been a little of, uh, a little of IR kind of tinkering and stuff while people have been listed as out. And um, tomorrow or more with more games, I guess the day after, will be um, time for people to, to settle in on a few players and, and really post the lineup that's going to be scoring for them. So I'm going to go kind of in order of the teams that pop up on the website for me. So it's not really necessary in, in the order that people were drafted. It's just kind of popping up. And we're going to go firstly to the team. Adam drafted in Talk To Me Goose. Uh, best pick. I think a hard one, but a one that stands out to me. Maybe a cop-out. It's Anthony Davis at pick 11. I think Anthony Davis you know, was pick three last year. He had a bit of a down year. You know, there was injury. 
I think overall, as you look through his list, Anthony Davis kind of stands out to me as someone that I think might come back to be uh, a real um, shock that he he lasted to pick 11 based on, I think, something that he can do. And if you think really positive about the Lakers and you're a little bit down on LeBron and not as high as I was on Westbrook, I think Anthony Davis is standout. And I think the only reason I may, you know, have... have elevated him at pick 11 over a pick 10 at Kevin Durant is because I do think, you know, there's a a lot of kind of water to go under the bridge in terms of Durant um, through management and and injury for this season. So I think Anthony Davis is is his best pick for me that stands out. His worst pick, maybe not a surprise. I think Kemba Walker is potentially a real rough one. I think looking back last year, Kemba got drafted at 86 and he really kind of killed <laughs> my team this year after everything we saw from him. He's gone earlier at pick 70. So I think I know he's not as he's not injured and he was injured to start last season. But, you know, even if the new team, I think the fact that after everything last year, he's been drafted earlier, um, I think it's a little bit of worry. Um, I'd be worried at Kemba Walker so early. I think... Wild card time, we're going to stay in uh, New York and go RJ Barrett at 51. I think Anthony Edwards was another big candidate here, but a lot of the stuff I spoke about RJ Barrett, I think he has real potential to kind of step up and deliver, you know, real, you know, top 40, top 30 value if everything comes together and New York are better and, you know, he progresses as, you know, potentially a little bit more of the alpha in New York rather than Julius Randle. We'll see, I think. Um, he's not going to surpass Julius, but I really think there's a, a world where he can take that step. But if he doesn't, obviously the various is the variation is that he kind of slips below his his drafted position at 51 here. So RJ Barrett, big important season for Talk to Me Goose here, and the sleeper for me, um, Devonte Graham, pick 91. I think he's someone that I haven't been super hyped about, but. Um, I think the potential for him to, you know, start at uh, New Orleans, kind of put last season behind him, and um, there's a real potential that things click. He does uh, outperform his pick 91, and there was no way that I was going with Marvin Bagley as a sleeper here because I've probably done it four years in a row. So um, wasn't going there, and we went with Devontae Graham. Um, next team, moving on, we have Jesse with Luka Dongthik. Uh Good one here, interesting one to do. Best pick for me, I really couldn't go past Jalen Green at 98. So I think going down the list, there's a lot of picks here that I think, you know, right time. Um, But one that did stand out was Jalen Green, potentially because I really think he has, um, you know, this rookie of the year potential. And then when you compare him to the likes of Cade Cunningham that went at pick 71, and uh, even if you go to Jalen Suggs, who got picked at 75, the fact that you've got Jalen Green at 98, um, you know, quite a while after these two, and I think Jalen Green's really going to push himself to be as good and potentially even better than all the other rookies that were drafted from, from this class. So I do think Jalen Green is a really value pick at 98 that has potential to really pop. More than not just a sleeper, I think he's his best pick. Um Worst pick, I think, unfortunately, definitely is Montrez Harrell, taking him at 43. Um, I just I don't know if the direction for him in Washington allows him 
you know, the value that you want from a pick 43. I think the fact that he's competing with Daniel Gafford for minutes and that Gafford went undrafted and picked up in free agency kind of speaks a little bit to my uh, what the worst case scenario would be for investing um, a pick in, in someone like Harold so early. So unfortunately, I really love Harold. I love his energy. I love what he does on a permanent basis. Per minute, not permanent. Bit of both. Um, but I'd be worried. Wild card time is Wendell Carter Jr. So I think it's nice that he's got his contract extension. I think Orlando potentially really hedge their bets in that they might get a good deal if he kind of pays off, but it's far from locked in. We have seen him share the court with Mo Bamba, which I think is very interesting and a, a trend that I hope continues, not only because it makes them more watchable um, basketball-wise, but I've got low-key bit of, bit of Mo Bamba stock at the moment. And I just think, you know, Wendell Carter, if things kind of pan the way, and I think I might have said to it, he, he really has this potential to outperform uh, he's 78 pick here and, and be a big uh, addition to the team. But also if things, you know, don't go as well and, and he does get, you know, potentially pushed out of the lineup, I think that was far from, uh, you know, him starting, you know, every game it wasn't inevitable at least two or three weeks ago um, that it can come to, to hurt you. So very big wild card variance there. But I think the fact that he got paid um, is a real positive sign. Um then going down to sleeper is Mr. Kyle Kuzma at pick 118. Um, an interesting one. Someone that new team can low-key maybe outplay his position here at 118. So one to watch for me. Uh, moving on, we've got team Young Harden on holiday. So Daisy Dow's team here. His best pick for me was definitely Trey Young. So uh, words that I uh, may not have said a few years ago, I think at 24, you've just really got a guy that can be a top 15 uh, fantasy player. And I wouldn't say, I don't think there's that potential for extra value across a lot of the other picks. So I just um, think, I think I mentioned on the other podcast that, um, you know, your Zion and your Tatum and Trey Youngs are really, you know, keyed in on, on guys that could take a huge extra to leap looking at the, the upper, you know, echelon players. And I think the fact that you got him at 24 um, is is really ideal. I just, I'm, I'm behind that one. What I'm not behind, unfortunately, with the worst pick, and this is maybe a little bit unfair, but I just don't think Jonathan Isaac is someone that would have drafted at 97. I think it puts a hole in your team. We don't know when he's going to come back. And I think, you know, we're not, as bankable that he's going to come back and be amazing straight off the bat. So, um, you know, without a uh, um, timetable to return at the moment, um, you you know, you're taking him within the top 100. And I think there was a, you know, a lot of other players that, you know, you could have probably taken a punt on. So I think Jonathan Isaac hurts you. I think the biggest wild card is probably an obvious one for his team, at least personally. I think that's Robert Williams the third. I think there's all the thoughts that I, you know, I've already said with him about him being a huge leap this year and, and really a cornerstone to what you're doing. Um, obviously, that's real the upside. But pick 64, if things don't go well, you're really in line that he can come back to hurt you. And there's that big variance for him uh, there. Obviously, Dennis Cantor and Al Horford and him and his foul trouble and 
a lot of the stuff things. There's a, a lot of interesting watchability with Robert Williams there, and he's going to be one of those edge-of-the-seat coach um, hate watches early, I think, until, but it might pan out and, and give you everything you want. I think the sleeper and will stay in um, Boston here. So Boston's going to be a team I think Dale would want to watch is your Dennis Schroeder. 104, a player I was quite high on originally but slipped off of. Um, and I think if he does start, if he does get a lot of the, the burn and he settles in, that Dennis Schroeder can really outperform his 104 draft pick here. But again, um, question marks, but he stands out as the sleeper for me. Um, next team, we've got Walshie with a Wiggy Wonka's Maple Factory. It's the first time I've said that, and it was, it was, yeah, it was fun to say. I mean, you could have called your team um, Shitbird, and I would have been happy because it was a, a team name change, but... Um, the bar was low and I think you've definitely jumped over the bar and I'm happy with Wiggy Wonka's Maple Factory as long as you change it next year. Um, that's the only thing. I think the best pick for Walsh here is Jonas Valanciunas. Maybe a cop-out. Um, I just think a lot of the other players have been picked at the right spot. I think saying that Giannis was his best pick at number one is probably <laughs> not really... Uh, an interesting thing for us to kind of say or, or put on the pod, but I think Valachunas has, has slipped and, you know, we saw last year, he's a lock top 50 fantasy player if he, you know, is afforded a similar role. So um, I, I just think at 60, it's a, a really good value kind of get for you. I think your worst pick um, has to be Eric Bledsoe, unfortunately, at 100. I do get it. I know he's probably going to start at the beginning of the season, but we see such a you know a drop off from him kind of last year. He's been a bit of a hot potato shit contract that people have wanted to pass around. You know the fact that his scoring kind of dropped as much as he did really makes me worried. I I you know I like a lot of their other younger pieces, and I think if I was um, Tyrone Lou, I just I don't know why I'm putting too much minutes into Eric Bledsoe. So I I think that one could turn around. I. I originally was going to be quite harsh and put Eric Kyle Anderson as your worst pick, but <laughs> I think Kyle Anderson um, is going to do something, and that would have been a little bit more um, rough. I think Bledsoe at 100, um, yeah, it just kind of stinks, like, with the optics, but I will kind of, yeah, say that um, there is a, a world where no one else is, is playing entirely. It's just going to give him burn. Um, but from the outset... Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't sit with me. All right. I think the wild card is definitely Dejounte Murray. He has put a lot of stock in him at forty-one. I've kind of spoke about him. I won't go over my thoughts again. Um, but you need him to kind of be good. I think um, with picking him that early, um, there is definitely the scenario where he, where he's you know building off everything that he's done and he repays the faith. But there's that variance where I think he can you know not be a top fifty player. Um, and to draft him with you know your fifth pick in, in 41 can hurt you. Um, and the sleeper for me is probably an obvious kind of one because I nodded to it in the review, and it's Aaron Gordon. I just think Denver are interesting early this year, and while we, I'm not expecting you know this landmark um, Aaron Gordon magic you know upside thing to kind of happen, but I think he's good enough that they're going to lean on him for a lot of minutes. 
and that just the fact that if he's healthy and they're pumping, you know, 35 minutes into him, um, and I see a lot of lineups with, with him and MPJ potentially, um, we'll see. I just think um, the role might be good for him to really outperform 120, but I'm not um, I'm not going crazy on it. Um, next, we'll go to my team, uh, the Mason Vaders. I really struggled with my best pick here, so it's almost like a default hashtag next to his name, and it's probably not a great thing that I'm looking at my team and saying, I really don't have a, a player that I really, really um, think was a steal. But I have put down Gordon Haywood because I do think Asterisk, if he's healthy, that pick 68 might turn to be a really good get for him. I do think that if he's healthy, there's a little bit of talk around Hornets that I don't want to buy into about them and their placing in the East and projections on them being good or not. There's talk about should we really expect this um, uh, easy, you know, well-expected leap from LaMelo to happen. They've got a little bit of clog on some of the things to do. I don't know. Things are popping up at me for Charlotte recently reading stuff, and I think Gordon Haywood might be a bigger piece of the puzzle than we expected um, for them to be good. And I think if he's healthy, there's really still a world where he's the most important and best fantasy player on the team. And that's why I think he could be my best. Uh, Staying in Charlotte, I should say, the worst I've... I'm a little bit more flat on what I thought Mason Pomley could kind of do. Um, I've been really trying to, to keep positive about it, but the more I look at, at Mim taking him at 88 based on um, him just translating his value from Detroit um, was probably a misstep. Um, I'm not selling all my stock, obviously, but uh, it's probably my worst pick, I think, if I have to go through them. I think the wild card is a real clear Ben Simmons. You know, We just don't know if I'm going to get... Um, Top, you know, round top two round value is like you know the best case scenario, or you know he just doesn't fucking play and I get shat on and a pick four is a, a real kind of waste. So definitely a wild card there. I think my sleeper, who's kind of showed us, you know, what I think he can, and I was hoping to see this from him was Tyler Hero, uh, pick one hundred and thirteen in the preseason. Obviously, I think. Um, he's showing a lot of the scoring. I kind of love the, the confidence and the talk. He's really, really young. Um, I think Miami should give him the ball a lot more. Um, and um, I'd be stoked on, on the sleeper potential of Tyler Hero. Um, next, we have Team MJ in Beads, Feed, and Seed. Um, I think the best pick and a pick he seems to really lock in on every year in terms of uh, amazing top 50 player that just everyone doesn't want. The one that stands out is Malcolm Brogdon. Again, he's just got his contract extension. He's not going anywhere. He literally can't be traded this season. I'm locked in on, on Brogdon's fantasy value to kind of continue to what it was last year. Um, I, 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 you know, there's even, you know, you can really hard sell me on that. He's still going to get better. Um, he can get worse. I just think, you know, there's a real small... Um, variance to what his value, you know, his average is going to be, and it's going to be higher than uh, pick sixty-five, a hundred percent. I'd be, I'd be kind of banking on him being top fifty again. Um, so I just think that's a good pick. It's great. His worst is quite clearly John Wall, at least at the moment. 
Um, he's just not going to play. Um, and, yeah, who knows when he's going to play. And we knew that when he was drafted, so I think that's really why it gets the worst and why I won't put a, a Kyrie Irving or, or other people who were injured in a, a worse pick based on what we had, the information we had on, on draft night. Um, the wild card for me is Pascal Siakam. So there was a lot of um, chat and, and thoughts and opinions I had on him. I think he's injured. I think he comes back and we've seen what the best is. And the best of Siakam really is um, a lot better than a round five pick and pick 45. Um, so I think there's real, real you know, potential for, for him to outperform. But as I said, I did have concerns. He is injured. There's, you know, things um, with Toronto and the direction and new pieces and um, him not being as bankable elite, you know, NBA star as, as you know, teams are working out how to defend him and do different things. And um, I think there's just a, a wide kind of range on where he might fit in the, the end of year rankings. And um, his sleeper for me is definitely Mitchell Robinson. And I spoke about it in the review. Um, there's this, there's a real lane way for him to completely outperform. He's 105. Um, and while the road is um, foggy <laughs> and we don't know, there's Thibs and Noel and he's been injured and um but I mean he was drafted pick thirty something last year, I think, maybe. And I when I remember whatever he was drafted at, I was happy. I thought that was a good pick at the time and now he's hundred and five. So um definitely could outperform. Um next team we have is Jake. And Jake's the big Lebronski. His best pick I definitely think is Christian Wood. I think you can push some of these things that I just said of Pascal Siakam about is he bankable? We haven't, you know, blah, blah, blah. I I had him, you know, in the kind of mid-20s in my rankings and to have someone fall, you know, 10 for you within the first 40, I think is definitely, um, at least in my mind, uh, you know, a huge kind of variance and someone that I'd be super kind of comfortable banking with in my fourth pick. Um, I think he just kind of stands out for me as one of the ones that, I'd be very happy to have had then um, and maybe someone I should have picked over Ben Simmons. <laughs> um, worst pick is an easy Ennis Cantor and I hope he doesn't burn me again but I just don't know if he's going to you know, really eat out much of a, a reliable role long term and even if he pops for a couple of weeks um, you just don't know what you're going to get for him sometimes and I think you picked him at 74, which really kind of um, sets you up to be burnt a little bit. Um, I think the wild card is Spencer Dinwiddie, and there I was a bit gushing about his potential, and I, like, I'm still quite high on the upside. Um, but yeah, you know, pick 67, there's a, a, an avenue for him to, to really be good and repay this pick or even kind of push that above and be better than, you know, a Kyle Lowry or as good as a Chris Middleton for, you know, these are the two players he's picked in the two rounds following um, or previous. Um, but then again, we haven't seen him in Washington. He's coming off an ACL. There's, you know, question marks. Of course, there's a scenario that we need to think of where Spencer Dinwiddie isn't as good as a 67. So wild card vibes massively with him. Um, and I think the sleeper, Again, staying in the same city, we're going to go Washington. That's Rui Hachimura, pick 107. This is, you know, if you're tracking and you're a big believer of this, you know, third-year leap for players who, you know, aren't as high usage of day dot, you know, and 
depending on their age and everything, if you buy into Rui Hachimura, um, I think definitely can outperform 107. Again, concerns are just in um, some of the way that Washington work out um, some of their lineups and if you can get enough shots to make him worthwhile fantasy-wise. I think the rebounding's always been there, but you know it's, it's rebounding and, and scoring and um, he had real patches that I like. Um, but I'm just concerned about what the Wizards do. So kind of like with, I reckon, Dale's going to be locked in on um, Boston early. I think Jake's going to be locked in on washing, um, Washington early because he's got some, some key players, players um, that I think will really set up whether he's going to be in the mix or not. Next team, we have uh, Lucas Boogies, uh, Chris's team, Freddie going to kill you. Great name. Um, best pick, I do think Nikola Vucevic is his best pick. Um, not just because I think he's great at you know pick 26, but I do think in the context of the whole team that he's going to be very important and the way he's kind of drafted with you know a lot of risk, I do think you know he stands out as the obvious one that's it's great. I, there's a lot of picks that I do like, but I reckon it's maybe a, a step too far to me to, to call them the best picks because they're a little bit more wild cardy. So Vucevic is, is the 26, I think the one that kind of really holds the glue together and, and a player that um, everything going well gives you gives you what you expect. Unfortunately, like and I feel bad, but he does stand out as still as the worst player picked for Fred Van Vliet because I think even though he's going to be good, he's going to be great. Um, when you make little things at the top of the round, the flow-on effect can be really um, really painful if it doesn't pan out. And I think um, the fact that I had friend Van Vliet more as a round four player, um, at least round three player, I think, does hurt you when you go him at 15. And I think, you know, if he was a top 20 player, I'd be blown away. Just, so I think, I think, unfortunately, that hurts you. I think the wild card is 100% Jalen Suggs. Um, again, I don't mind the risk. I don't mind keen on him as a rookie that can really walk into usage and play. Um, but they've got a few meaningful kind of pieces to move around and we haven't seen him play in the NBA before. So um, the fact that you get him at 75, it definitely has a, a way to kind of burn you. And... I know it was interesting. I was casting my mind back with all these extensions that are happening. Um, you're looking at some of the, the classes from each year. and Last year's class that came in were at the beginning of the year kind of or heralded as like a really weak class. But then I think as we went through, we saw that um, there was a lot of interesting good players in it. But if you look at, you know, just the top 10 out of everyone that did get drafted on a team... Um, Anthony Edwards was dropped and picked up and was good, but LaMelo Ball was really good, and that was really it for the top 10. I know Tyrus Halliburton ended up being very good, but um, rookies are always a risk is what I'm trying to say. And then, you know, there's a lot that's been drafted this year, and not all of them are going to pop. Um, wild card. Um, sleeper, and it's another guard for... Um, the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So I've kind of had Devontae Graham and Nikhil Alexander-Walker as both um, picks that went in the 90s that can outperform their 
their place. And I don't think both of them will, but I, I think that there's a real potential that one of them will. Um, so we'll put them both down and I'll hedge my bets there. Um, moving on, we have Dan for fuck's sake. And I think the best pick for Dan and one that I was gushing on and will continue to talk up is Keldon Johnson. Just love it. I think at 99, it's a steal. I don't know why I didn't get him. Good pick. Worst pick from the same team just before Derek White. Um, yeah, I think this one might kind of burn me because we, ha- you know, hopefully we do say see an extended thing from Derek White. But I think there was a couple of months where we got, kind of got enamored with Derek White in playoffs against Denver. I think it was, and that was a long time ago. And um, I think to to put it at eighty two, not to put words in other can- or thoughts into other coaches, but I wouldn't have gone for him in the top hundred. Um, and I just, yeah, that's where I'll, <laughs> I'll stop um, digging uh, upwards with Derek White comments and leave it at that. I think the wild card, um, I didn't say Kevin Porter Jr. because I think he's going to be good. Like, I think that's uh, the, the wild card variance for me is more Isaiah Stewart at his pick after at 79. Um, yeah, again, I think everything with the reasonings with going in here um, is healthy and smart and really can pave out, but. I do think it's a it's a real kind of variance risk um, and that he is not a lock top 100 player. Um, I think I still said, you know, this is an interesting one and, and where you're happy to kind of risk it with, but big wild card vibes with that. Sleeper, uh, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said Evan Mobley, um, but I think it's more fun to say Josh Giddy now. I mean... Are you on the train? The preseason hype's been pretty big. I don't know if it's just the Australian stuff. And I know seeing some of the highlights is, I mean, I'm getting excited as well. But um, I know at the time, I'm, I'm just a little bit concerned about his shooting and what they're going to do with him. And he's going to be a bit of a project because of his age and um, everything. But, I mean, they might just kind of toss him in, will they? You know, I mean, he was the last round, so I think um, he's one of the biggest sleepers in the whole whole draft at the moment now. So we'll, we'll stick with Giddy. It's a fun one. Last uh, team on the list now, we've got Dobes and the Anti-Vaxxers. So um, very recent commentary um, in people's minds, potentially, if you have listened to the podcast. So... This isn't going to be you know, too much of a shock if you listen to it um, more recently. But best pick, Jakob Pertl. Just think it was um, you know, real steel vibes here. I get real steel vibes. Um, worst, Mike Conley. I mean, it's a bit harsh, but it's you know picking from a bunch of picks that um, I think were pretty solid. And I think, you know, I don't like to pick your worst pick from your last five too much because I think it's a little bit unfair because you're taking risk and stuff. I do like to lock in someone you picked in your first 10 and Mike Conley just kind of stacks out a little bit that might not be, you know, a top 100 guy potentially. Um, Wild cards, OG. I definitely spoke a lot about him. Last pod, Ananumi. Um, I think, yeah, he has real... Potential leap top 50 vibes. Um, and I know if I keep saying top 50 for everyone, I'm going to run out of 50 players in the top 50. But I do think, you know, that's the the ceiling that he can push. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, we've seen the hype on him before. 
Um, I believe it more this year, but I mean, I remember drafting him three years ago in keeper, and he um, didn't. It's, it's taken him a while, and I don't have him. I don't think anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's lock in him for wild card and last pick uh, for the last team on my sleeper is still Ivaka Zubac. So I do think, as I said, with a lot of the stuff, that he can really outperform. He's 109. Um, and I'll avoid saying Patrick Williams because I think, although he's gone later, um, I get more like real kind of sleeper outperforming vibes from, from Zubac if things fit well for him in Los Angeles. So yeah, that's the bonus. We got it done. They were fun. I like doing those ones. Um, it's less reliant on me to give too much um, analysis and thoughts off the top of my head and know every single player, but I can key in on ones that I, I think I know a little bit about. Um, and guess what? It is, we're less than 24 hours away now, so we're literally just nearly 22 hours until we're going to be watching basketball in the nets and I've got a meeting um, at some point but I will be trying to watch um, and get my work done and I'm excited for things it's going to be really fun I'm going to put on my Claxton jersey we're going to rip it (laughs) Uh, so much fun guys appreciate you all and let's get ready to go lock in those lineups fellas cheers love you all